those that are visiting, uh, my name's Chuck, as Anna mentioned, and I'm one of the pastors here. Joey and Kelly are out of town, obviously. Jeff and Amory are out of town. They still attend church here, just so you know. Um, but uh, Joey got called out last minute on um, business, uh, had to go to Denver, and um, Kelly was, was going to be here, but she, got, she, she was in Dallas uh, meeting with her mom and went later than she thought. So anyway, she texted to say she wouldn't make it, but they are here in spirit. But you guys doing well? So kids go back to school tomorrow, huh? Most of them? Awesome. Oh, some people are getting excited about that. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, well, hey, I'm going um, to teach on something that I've really felt for a while um, that maybe I'm supposed to teach on, and really the Lord's just really confirmed it. Uh, in fact, I didn't even know, uh, I haven't known for a while that I was going to teach on it, but it's been on my heart for a while to do it, and I actually think that we need to do it um, more often um, than we do, and that is, I feel like we're supposed to talk about the power of communion and just the power of of the body and the blood. It's like, it seems like people that I'm hearing all over the church are talking about it right now. It's been on my heart. I talked to people within our church that are like, God's just really speaking to me about communion. And tonight I felt like I was, we were supposed to talk about just the power of, of communion, the power of the bread and the juice or the bread and the wine if you're Catholic or what, you know, if that works for you. Um, just the power of, of, of taking from the Lord's table and what that means, because here's the deal. I believe that many of us have done, if you've been around the church for a long time in evangelical church land, you know, you've, you've done communion for a while. But I really believe the Lord is really inviting the church, the body of Christ at large, into a deeper understanding and revelation of what happens when we do this thing called take communion. Lately, the, the Lord's just been putting it on my heart for a while. In fact, um, my wife and I, um, you know, we were, we were contending for a particular breakthrough in our life. And one of the things that we felt like we were supposed to do is, is take communion like every day. And whether, whether it's when we were like praying together in the morning or when we were going to bed at night, we'd be like, and we wouldn't like do it every single day, but almost every single day. Sometimes we'd forget. Sometimes we'd be all the way upstairs and in bed and we'd forget. And, uh, and she wouldn't go get it. No, I'm just kidding. And we'd ask, but it's a joke. You guys are like, what a jerk. Um, but just about every day we started taking it. We saw that breakthrough, but we haven't stopped. In fact, I personally have been doing it every single day. I've been trying to get up, you know, before the girls get up. And, I, and just in my quiet time with the Lord, I'm just, I'm taking communion and I'm taking, you know, the juice and the bread and really just reminding myself of what he did 2,000 years ago. And I want to talk about the power of what happens. I want to talk about what happens when we do this. And if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. That's where I want to start. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And Paul writing to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to start in verse 23. Are you there? If you're there, say, I got it. If you got it on your phone, say, I'm there. Hold up your phone if you use your phone as a Bible. I'm just curious. Hold up your Bible if you actually use like a book with pages. Wow, we're old school around here. I love it. I love it. How many of you just, never mind. All right. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul said this. He said, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And this is what it is that he's delivering that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Verse 25, in the same manner, he who took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, everybody say proclaim. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and have fallen asleep. Um, within, within our church and really you know, the majority of, you know, churches uh, that, you know, confess Jesus as Lord, uh, you know, for, for years, since the early church, there's been like at least, I mean, there's been a few, but I'm going to talk about two, two different sacraments that have been practiced within the early church. And, and one of them is the sacrament of, or the ritual, if you will, of water baptism. And uh, we believe in that here. You know, we do that here. We try to at least once a year, if not more, you know, make an announcement like, hey, if you have not been water baptized we want to baptize you. It's like we want to dunk you in water and bring you up. And the reason we do that, we believe that it's pointed out for us in Scripture. We believe that it was introduced to the early church. Uh, we believe instituted by Jesus himself. And it actually, water baptism even goes from, you know, back before Jesus, when John the Baptist baptized, and even further than that, if you look into it. But the purpose we water baptize is we believe that when, we, when somebody gives their life to Jesus and is born again, that we are commanded, uh, not like if you feel like it, not if you feel prompted to, but the scripture says, you know, it talks about, and by, and by the way, it's interesting that in the early church, when somebody got saved, they were baptized. And, and to be honest with you, and we're, we're probably just as guilty as anybody else, we've, we've, we've so made, we, we, in the name of convenience, we're like, okay, you can get saved, and then when you feel ready, you can be baptized. But if you read the Bible in the early church, it's like they believed and they were baptized. Remember when Philip was like led, led by the Lord to go run beside the chariot? He's in the book of Acts. He's running beside this chariot. He, over, he overhears this Ethiopian um, reading the book of Isaiah. He's like, what are you reading? He's like, I'm reading about this. And it was about Jesus. He goes, but nobody can explain it to me. So, you know, so Philip like jumps up into the chariot. He's like, well, that's talking about Jesus. He shares the gospel. And then it says this, the Ethiopian says, well, there's some water right there. Who's stopping me from being baptized right now? So baptism was actually part of the gospel message that Philip shared with them. That's not my point. My point is this. It's, it's instituted by God because it's a prophetic act that I really believe helps us to identify a spiritual reality. When we are water baptized and somebody holds us under the water and says, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we come up, we are doing a prophetic act showing that we identify with the fact that we were crucified with Christ 2,000 years ago. We were buried with him and we are resurrected with Christ as brand new creations. And listen, I believe baptism is supernatural. I've seen people baptized and they, when they come up out of the water, their entire countenance is different. It's like you look different because something supernatural takes place. You know, I, I wasn't living here then, but some of you have heard Peyton's testimony. Peyton's a brand new Christian. How many years ago? Like five years ago. He, he comes into kingdom life. He gets born again. He gets delivered from drugs. He gets delivered from crazy, just a crazy lifestyle. It's like he, he like, he was so delivered that he like, 
we'll have to have Peyton share his testimony one time. He was so delivered that like he he like came to the house and he's like going to the the church when we were meeting when they were meeting in the house when we I'm part of this church too. I wasn't here then though. And like he leaves the house meeting and he goes to the store to order cigarettes and he can't say it. He goes, hey, I'll um I'll have um I'll take some of uh and like he can't say cigarettes. Like the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him. He's like, I'll have, um, and he like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like he got frustrated, so we went to a different store. <laughs> it's like, maybe it'll work here, you know? And he goes, and he's like, I'll take, um, and he like can't say it. And God like completely delivered him. He couldn't smoke cigarettes anymore. But, but listen, when Payne was baptized, he came up out of the water without somebody teaching him about it, without him watching Benny Hinn on TV. He came up out of the water speaking in tongues. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, raised a new creation, instantly baptized in the Holy Spirit and starts praying in a heavenly language. Can we just thank Jesus for that? And Lord, we just, we just, Lord, we pray for more spontaneous baptisms of the Holy Spirit just being released in our midst. So baptism is supernatural. And I want to encourage you, if you are born again, you've put your faith in Jesus and you have not been water baptized, come talk to us because we will dunk you and, and, and baptize you in water. And I just, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, we will like stop what we're doing for you and baptize you and we'll invite the whole family. Sound good? So water baptism is extremely important. But the other, the other uh, sacrament that Jesus introduced to the early church is this, this thing called communion. It's this thing called taking the bread and the wine and not just doing it because you're having a meal, but doing it for the purpose of identifying with the, 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 the body and the blood of Jesus and remembering what he did for us. And I really believe that in the same way that baptism is a prophetic act that helps you to identify that you've been crucified with Christ, raised a new creation, that when we take communion, it's not like this, just this little ritual that we do, but when we take communion, it is actually a prophetic act that is actually proclaiming to the spirit realm that the blood of Jesus has defeated the enemy once and for all. And through the body and blood of Jesus, I have access to everything that he has for me. And I really believe it is a prophetic act that actually gives us access. That if we do it with the right heart, if we do it with the right spirit, when we do it in faith, it actually helps us to access that which he paid for 2,000 years ago. So I want to I talk about just the power of communion, the power of the body and the blood. And let me just say this. This seems so obvious, and it's spelled out for us right here in Scripture, but I, just, I feel like we're supposed to, supposed to talk about this for a minute. See, one of the reasons that we do this thing called communion is simply this. It's simply to remember what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. And I don't know about you, but I never want to get tired of the gospel. You know, I've, I, I tell people all the time, especially in, in prophetic environments and prophetic churches, I, I'm like, listen, I love the spirit of revelation. I love profound teachings. I love listening to someone like Bill Johnson, who it's like you get before him and it's like he just opens his mouth and the spirit of revelation just flows. You're like, feed me, you know what I mean? And like, you know, Bill, Bill ever notice that Bill does the power pauses? <laughs> like he'll say something and then he'll just kind of like, let it sink in for a second. 
He does this thing. He's like, he always like, I lived in Reading for a while. He like, if this is the edge of the stage, he, he like stands with like half of his feet off the platform. I'm like, Bill, don't fall, you know? And he like just pauses. And the reason he's pauses is because what he said is so profound that like he's letting it land. He's letting it just kind of sink in a little bit. See, I love the spirit of revelation and I love revelation. I love hearing new truths. I don't really, I don't believe that we can exhaust the revelation that we can mine out in the Bible by the Holy Spirit. But here's the deal. I never want this like pressure to be revelatory or to be profound, to distract me from the main thing. And that is 2000 years ago, Jesus gave his life. He gave his body, he gave his blood. It's the gospel. It's the main thing that I'll never stop preaching. And, and, and Jesus said, do this, or Paul said, and Jesus said, and Paul echoed Jesus saying, do this, Every time you do this, in remembrance of me. And like, not just when I'm doing communion, but one of the things that I try to do just in my own devotional time and quiet time with the Lord is I like just like to go into a time with the Lord thanking him for things, like simple things. I'm like, Lord, thank you for my home. Thank you for Anna. She's such a gift to me. Thank you for my girls. And I'll say, Lord, thank you for my salvation. I'll say, Jesus, thank you for laying your life down. Thank you for allowing your body to be broken. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Not just for humanity, but for me. Like he did it for me. And there's something about personalizing what he did that guards our hearts forever taken for granted what he did 2,000 years ago. In, in 2004, there was this like, you know, this, this movie called The Passion of Christ. How many of you have seen that movie when it came out, The Passion of Christ? Um, written and produced uh, by Mel Gibson, you know, Jim Caviezel starring Jesus in 2004. It's like that movie made like $612 million. Uh, you know, it, to this day, that movie is the highest grossing R-rated film in the United States. That encourages me. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it was, but it was, it was, it was rated R for, for graphic violence. And I remember, by the way, that movie, I believe I went to see it. That movie wasn't just well done. There was an anointing on that movie. Man, I remember going to see that movie and I remember it was rated R for graphic violence. And I was told, dude, it's, it's kind of hard to watch because that actually happened. That's Jesus. That's the son of God with his body ripped open on a cross for us. And I remember going and I'm like, I'm not like the type of guy that likes graphic violence. Like I closed my eyes for like most of Braveheart. <laughs> like not, not just the nudity, but like, like, like the blood. Like I used to want to be like a paramedic and then I realized I hate blood. <laughs> you know, I was like, I can't do that. It's a big deal. But I I remember going to that movie and I was like, I was like, I'm going to make myself watch every single bit of it because, because I want to at least in part come into an understanding and identify with what he did for me. And I remember sitting in the, thir in the theater and there's just, there's an anointing on the movie. It's like, you know, God speaking through the movie. But I remember, I don't know if it was like this when you went to see it, but I remember this is like, I, I'm with a couple Christian friends, but I don't know how many people in the theater are believers. I, I was in Eastern Canada where I'm from. We watched the movie. The movie finishes. And I don't know about you, but in the theater, I watched it. Like you could hear a pin drop. Nobody moved. Everybody just stood there and there was this silence filled the theater and I just began to weep. Like, I'm not talking like I got like teary, like I wept because not because I, just because I saw what he did for us, but because of the anointing and the presence of God, the anointing that is on what he did for us. It's like I could feel the power and the weight of what he carried for us. Because listen, 
It wasn't just a horrific, torturous death that Jesus took for us on the cross. But how many of you know that the Son of God, God in the flesh, experienced for the first time what it was like to be separated from the Father? And he did that for us. And, and I just began to weep. And, 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 but my, my point is this. Part, one of the reasons we take communion is to just remember what he's done. It's, it's not taking it for granted. It's, it's coming before his, it's coming to before him with thanksgiving for everything that he paid for. Listen, you want to know a really, a really good cure for entitlement? <laughs> Just look at what he did for us. The son of God. Listen, in light of who he was when he walked the earth, fully God, fully man, God in the flesh, walking on planet earth, it is safe to say that he was the most mistreated human being to ever walk the earth. And he did that for you and I joyfully. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Who, what was the joy set before him? It was you and me coming into right standing with him, coming into Christ, union with him. And we take communion to remember. Does that make sense? So, I just want to read the way that it's worded in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25. Listen to how it says it here. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this, this cup is the new covenant ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in affectionate remembrance of me. <laughs> and just remembering through communion is one of the ways that we guard our hearts from, take, from taking for granted the price that he paid for us. Paid a really big price, but he's so glad he did it. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and, and we are his inheritance. The, the, the other thing that Paul said is, for as often as you, verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, say it again, say proclaim. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. I said it before, I'm gonna say it again. When we take communion, we're actually doing a prophetic act. Let me just put it this way. I love testimonies. We love testimonies. We need to start sharing testimonies again on Sundays. We, we just keep forgetting. Just saying, hey, who is a testimony? Who is some good news? We love testimonies. We believe that testimonies are, you know, one of the ways that we fuel revival. It's one of the ways that we encourage ourselves in the Lord. It's like, I just love hearing testimonies of breakthrough, of healing, financial breakthrough. We know that the word testimony actually means to do it again. When you hear a testimony, the person that shared it is actually prophesying into the atmosphere. God wants to do it again. And he wants to do it again for your sake, right? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. But listen, every time we take communion, we are proclaiming what he's done. We're not just remembering, we're actually proclaiming. What are we doing? We're actually sharing the testimony of what he did for us 2,000 years ago. Let me put it this way. Every time we take communion, we are proclaiming the Lord's death, and we are declaring into the atmosphere that the blood of Jesus is conquering everything that stands in its way. That's why communion is actually a form of spiritual warfare. Communion, see, God wants us to weaponize the body, the, 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 the bread and the juice. That when we take it, we can actually do it as a prophetic act to see the powers of darkness bow their knee to the name of Jesus. 
I want to encourage you, if when you're facing a spiritual battle, and listen, most of us know when we're like under attack or when we're facing spiritual resistance. Like there's just life, and then there's like, like there's resistance, which shouldn't discourage us, by the way. It should actually, we should get encouraged, you know. I heard one person say, like, if you don't run into the devil once in a while, maybe you're going in the same direction. <laughs> like, like when, when Ann and I were getting ready to move to Redding, California, or to move to, to San Antonio, we heard the word of the Lord. It was confirmed by mothers and fathers in our life. Prophetic people confirmed it. We made the decision. We're moving. It's like all hell broke loose in Redding, California, in our home, two weeks before we left. We're talking like the people that were like ready to lease our house backed out like two weeks before we were moving. Like we're both doing interviews for BSSM, like interviewing potential students to come. We're working for the school. We're working out of our house. And uh, like we're interviewing people. And like twice that week, sorry that I laughed, twice that week, like Anna fell in the hallway. What? Yeah, because our like our toilet and our master like overflows, floods our, our, our floods our, uh, master bedroom, went into the hallway, Anna's on an interview, gets up to like go to the bathroom or something between interviews, and like, and like goes in the hallway, slips, lands on her chin on her tile floor, and I'm like interviewing a student. I'm like, hey, can you hold for a second? You know, it's like hell was just breaking loose in our home. Listen, we didn't take communion then. I wish we had the revelation then. <laughs> My point is this, if you are facing resistance in your health, in your finances, in your relationships, in your business, whatever, I dare you to try taking communion and applying the body and the blood of Jesus to your situation and declaring out loud, his body and his blood paid for victory for this situation. Because when you weaponize the body and the blood, you are reminding the devil that he's been defeated. And it's one of the ways that we do spiritual warfare. Listen, when, before we finish tonight, we're going to take communion together. And I believe that some obstacles, some sickness, some areas where you need breakthrough are going to bow their knee to the name of Jesus as you partake of the body and the blood and you apply the power of the blood to your situation. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray for a gift of faith even just to be released all over the room right now. Lord, I pray that you would release a gift of faith, Lord, Faith in what you've accomplished 2,000 years ago on the cross. In Jesus' name. In uh, just as God started speaking to me about this, I started reading uh, Benny Johnson's book, The Power of Communion. And in her book, she shares a testimony. I encourage you, if you haven't read it, grab it. I haven't finished it yet, but it's really good. I'm about halfway done. But she shares a testimony to illustrate the power of taking communion uh, to do spiritual warfare. And she shares how, like, a friend of hers, a young lady who she's friends with, texted her and said, hey, I really need prayer uh, because I've been, facing, I've been facing this sickness. I'm incredibly sick. And she was sick for, like, seven months, and, the, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with her. She, she did something like three different rounds of, of antibiotics in over a seven-month period, and she wasn't getting breakthrough, and she's just, she's so sick. So she texts Benny. She's like, can you pray for me? So Benny just began to ask her questions, and she found out uh, that this, this young lady was, was dating a young man, and this young man had been divorced, and his ex-wife was now a practicing witch. And uh, so Benny's like, okay, this is starting to make sense now. So she's like, she was actually dealing with a curse from this dude's ex-wife who's now a witch. So Benny said this. Benny said, this is what I want you to do. As soon as you hang up the phone, I want you to take communion. 
and I want you to apply the, the body and the blood over your life. And, and I, want, I want you to apply it to break any curse that was meant to harm you. And I want you to tell that curse to go back to where it came from. So she gets off the phone. She takes communion. And, uh, and, and she started, and Benny said, and then I want you to take communion every day after that. So she gets off the phone. She takes communion. At midnight, she texted Benny saying, I'm, I took communion and I'm already starting to feel better. She took it the next day. The next morning, she was completely healed. Completely healed. Like this thing was just broken off of her. It was totally gone. And she's like, she's like but I haven't stopped taking it. I'm still taking it every day. It's like, how many of you know that when you experience that power in communion, like you're not going to stop doing it, you know, whether you're sick or not. So she started taking it like every single day and, and believing for that. Because there, listen, there is power in the body and the blood. Um, I, I, was, I was listening to... Um, I was listening to uh, Michael Miller from the Upper Room, and he was, teach- he was teaching on the communion as well. And he shared this testimony about how his, his mother and father-in-law have, are, are dairy farmers in New Mexico, and they share this story. And, they, and, they, and like, like, uh, his mother-in-law really understands the power of communion. But how, she shared how one day, and she shares it in, in this book, I believe, uh, she was on her way, her and her husband were on her way home from church on a Sunday morning, and as they're approaching, and they're driving through the country, as they're approaching their dairy farm, they see the entire countryside, like, up in flames. They see just this, and it was, and this is after years of drought. So it's so dry, a fire was lit, they're seeing the entire countryside heading for their dairy, just these huge billows of smoke, these massive flames, like just like licking up structures like matchsticks like that. And it's heading toward their dairy. Now they had like something like 12,000 cattle that were uninsured. And, and as they're, they're heading to their, it looks like it's heading straight for their farm. It's taking out some other people's farms. So they, they, they catch news that everybody's being ordered to evacuate. But she said, I felt like I had to do something really important. So before grabbing their, their important papers, got, g- gathering all their family members, what she did is she went straight to her prayer room, began to talk to the Lord, and she took communion. She takes communion. I mean, how many of you know you believe in the power of communion when like your house is about to be like inflamed? You're like first communion. <laughs> But she believed in the power of communion. And she's like, so, so she gets alone with the Lord. She takes communion. She's like, Lord, I apply the blood and your body to what the enemy is trying to bring against our home. And she prayed and she heard the Lord say, it's going to be all right, sweetie. And she just felt this confidence. She felt this peace. She stepped outside and she began to declare, I, I apply the body and the blood of Jesus to this fire and you will not touch my property. And, and then this, she said this miracle happened where there was this, chain, this wind blew and there was a change in the direction of the flames and the smoke completely avoided their home. And, and every single thing was spared, including their cattle. And she said, as a testimony, after all of this happened, there were burn marks within inches of buildings all around their property. How many of you know communion is a form of spiritual warfare? And when we understand the power that is in this act, I believe that like, we're not going to be able to do it enough. <laughs> we're like, give me some bread. <laughs> give me some wine. Give me some juice because there's power in this prophetic act. So it's a form of spiritual warfare. I want to encourage you, man. Like, I'm not telling you to do this every day, but I am encouraging you if you want to. Do it every day. Do it as often as you want to. If you're facing a difficult situation, as as you're praying and believing God for breakthrough, 
get together with your wife your, you know, or, or you know, your husband by yourself and t- partake and believe for breakthrough because in doing it, you are doing a prophetic act that is actually proclaiming the Lord's death into the spirit realm. It's a power, and there's, there's, there's just a bunch of other testimonies um, that I've heard. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can read Benny's book, but my, my, my point is this. There's just, there's power in this prophetic act. You guys doing okay? I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna share just a little bit more, but I'm actually gonna ask um, Paul and uh, the team uh, to start passing some communion out because we're gonna take it together in a few minutes and do some ministry. And uh, actually, could I have Kelsey or one of, the, one of the musicians come up and just start playing as we get ready to do that? The other thing that I wanna share, and I'm, I didn't wanna share long because we're gonna, we're gonna take time to pray for everybody that needs prayer tonight. We're gonna break up into some groups. But listen, the other reason that we do this thing called communion, taking the bread and the juice or the bread and the wine is I believe there is actually physical healing. Listen to me just for a second. There is physical healing that we can access through partaking of the body and blood of Jesus in a prophetic way. You know, I shared this when I taught on healing, but I wanna share it again. In Psalm 103, it says this, Psalm 103, starting in verse one, King David wrote this. He said this, and we kind of sang this tonight. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then King David's like, P.S., here's his benefits. Are you ready? Who forgives all of your sins. How many of you are thankful that the body and blood forgives you of your sins? Who heals all of your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? (laughs) Or your dairy farm? who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And uh, yeah, you guys can go ahead and start passing it out. Thank you. But as they're passing that out, just, just listen to this just for a second. I believe that when King David wrote this psalm, even though he was writing from from an old covenant era. I believe that he was prophetically seeing into the new covenant. And he was saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his name and forget not all his benefits. Who, who forgives your sins, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, who renews your life, your, your youth like the eagles. And, and I really believe that when we take communion, we're reminding ourselves that we're not just forgiven, we are also healed. He heals all of our diseases. Everybody say, all of my diseases. In Isaiah 53, the prophet Isaiah writes this concerning Jesus, thousands of years before Jesus even walked the earth. It says, surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Listen to this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. Everybody say, by his stripes we are healed. When I was 
when I was a youth pastor in Canada, right around the time that I watched um, The Passion of the Christ, there was a girl in my youth group that came and we're talking about The Passion of Christ. She's like, Chuck, I went to see it and you know what happened? I said, what? She said, I went into the movie theater with the flu, just feeling horrible. And uh, I'm sitting there and off you, I don't know if you remember, but in the, at the opening scene of this movie, you're close to the opening of it. It shows Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and he's praying, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And if you remember, it showed the, the serpent, the enemy kind of slither like under his cloak while he was down on his knees. And then all of a sudden, you know, as the scene changed, you saw Jesus' sandal, his foot coming in, just going bam and crushing the serpent's head. Well, while she's sitting in the theater with the flu, she's like watching the movie. The sandal comes down on the serpent's head. Bam, a flood of God's presence just went, and she was totally healed right there in the movie theater. Because listen, he didn't just die that we could be forgiven. He died that we could be healed. And thousands of years before Jesus walked the earth, Isaiah prophesied he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. I just heard another testimony about uh, a lady. And she writes this, she writes this testimony in a book called, uh, I think it's called the, 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 the Miracle of Communion. And she talks about how she was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. And it was, it was terminal. She pretty much had a death sentence. But because she understood the power of communion, she said, okay, every time I take medication, because she was on so much medication, she was taking like so many pills for, chemo, for, you know, for her chemo and different things that she, different treatments she was taking. She, she started taking communion up to 10 times a day. Every time she took medication, before she took medication, she said, first, I'm gonna feed my body with true food, with the body and the blood, because this is ultimately what's gonna heal me. Over a period of time of practicing taking communion, she was completely 100% healed of ovarian cancer. Isn't that amazing? Through the prophetic act called taking communion. So this is what we're gonna do. What I want to do is I want on everybody to stand up. And we're going to break into groups in just a minute. You know, it's interesting how toward the end of this passage of scripture, it says he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many of you sleep. A couple things I don't want to say about that real quick. And number one is, you know, I don't think this is supposed to be a fearful thing. We're like, okay, what if I'm not quite doing this in a, in a worthy manner? It basically means don't do it flippantly, but do it understanding what you're doing. And, but I really believe that part of what he's saying, whoever does this in an unworthy manner, you know, eats and drinks judgment unto himself. That's because the very thing that we're doing is the very thing that can set you free from all judgment. So when we do it in a worthy manner, we're actually showing that we're trusting in the one who has removed us from all judgment through the body and the blood. Does that make sense? But Bobby Connor points this out. Wherever there's a negative in scripture, there's also a positive. And if you can do it in an unworthy manner and get sick, and maybe, you know, said, and many of you sleep. 
I really believe the positive, the flip side of that is when we do it in a worthy manner, we can actually partake of divine health and actually step into supernatural longevity in life through the power of communion. I heard stories of people that started to take communion every day and their gray hair actually started to turn dark again. Some of you are like, I'm in. <laughs> Listen, that Psalm that we just read said, forget not all his benefits who renews your youth like the eagles. What if that's actually literal? What if you can actually receive physical healing and not just physical healing, but supernatural longevity through this prophetic act of partaking of the body and the blood? What if kingdom life, what if we got such a revelation of the body and blood of Jesus that people started going, what's, what is it? What's up with kingdom life? They like, don't age. <laughs> it's like, they're not getting old, you know? Like, I'm, I'm kidding, but it's, it's true. There is healing in the body and the blood. There is breakthrough for whatever breakthrough it is that you need. So what I want us to do is I want you to, I want us to get into groups and we might have to move out of the, out of your seat to do that. But I want us to get into groups of like three, four, five people. And we're gonna do this together and we're getting into groups so we can pray for one another. But why don't you do that? If you need to come out of your seat, do that. But let's just break up into groups quickly right now. Let's just get into groups of, of three to five people. Six, I don't care. No more than six. this is what I want us to do. Quickly, just before we take communion, I want each of you to share not a real long story, just quickly an area that you need breakthrough in. Whether it's physical healing, maybe it's something going on relationally, whatever it is, an area that you want to apply the power of the body and blood of Jesus to. I just want you to share with the person, that, with the group that you're with or the person that you're with. Say, this is what, and just go around your group quickly. And then you're going to pray for each other after we take. So one of you just go first and just start sharing what it is you want breakthrough for. When you stop talking, I'll know that everybody has shared. <laughs> all right. All right. 
if you haven't shared your part that you need breakthrough yet, you can, you can just, when we transition into praying for each other, you can share it then. But this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take communion together and we're gonna do it to remember what he's done. It is from a heart of thanksgiving. The Amplified says, do this in affectionate remembrance of him. We're gonna do it as an act of worship, as an act of remembrance. But I also want us to take it by faith believing that in so doing, we are proclaiming what he did 2,000 years ago to the powers of darkness, and we are applying it to every situation that's in this room right now. So, Father, right now we come before you. And, Father, we just say that we don't do this lightly. We do this in remembrance. We do this. Lord, this is the whole reason we come together. is because your, your body was broken and your blood was shed that we might be forgiven, that we might be healed, that we might become new creations in right standing with you. So Lord, we just say thank you for your broken body. And let's just take the body together. Lord, in the same way, we just, we just take the juice representing your blood that was shed. We say, Lord, thank you for the shedding of your blood, that your blood was poured out, the ultimate sacrifice, so that there didn't have to be any more sacrifices, that we could have right standing with you for one reason alone, and that's through the shed blood of, of you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we just take the, we take the blood in remembrance of you. And Father, I thank you that as we proclaim your death, we apply the power of the blood and the body to every situation that's in this room. I just say all sickness, bow your knee to the name of Jesus. Wherever there's injustice, Lord, I pray that you would release the justice of heaven on people's behalf. Lord, I just pray that you would bring breakthrough to every need that's here tonight through your body and the blood. And I thank you for it. And I just want you to to take a moment and just go around your group and begin to pray. Not everybody has to pray for every person, but somebody pray for it, for everybody. Okay, so just go around your circle and just agree with them for the breakthrough that they're in the circle for. And just as you're praying, I want you to pray a prayer that applies the body and the blood of Jesus to their situation. Just go around, go around in your